0: Welcome to Something Blue, Wedding Planning with a 21st Century Bride and Groom. My name is Aaron. I'm the bride.
1: My name is Maxwell. I'm the groom. Today marks 245 days until our wedding day. Just as a disclaimer, these are our personal opinions and experiences. Our whole purpose of this documentary and podcast is to explore how our experience shape how we view weddings and marriage, and the many stereotypes and traditions that surround it. This is not a commentary on anyone else's choices in their wedding planning process or marriage.
0: You do you, bitch.
1: So let's get into it.
0: And today we're going to be talking about all things ceremony. And when I'm talking ceremony, I mean like um, all the different ceremony traditions and expectations surrounding a uh, kind of quote, quote, traditional Wedding ceremony,
1: like like English, U.S. Christian,ic Catholic wedding, yeah, kind of thing.
0: And just for purposes of this episode, due to the fact that we personally know um, very little about other cultures, which is research we'll be doing for a something else segment, we at something blue uh, celebrate all cultures and traditions. Uh, but for purposes of our reference points uh, in this particular episode, we will be critiquing strictly those who most deserve critiquing.
1: So the traditional ceremony that you would see nowadays. There's a bride, a groom, an officiant who sometimes is church related, sometimes is like a justice of the peace kind of situation, or sometimes it's a friend or family member who's ordained. Um, there's sentiments said, vows exchanged, there's the rings exchanged, kiss, pronounce, smooch, carry on, what do you say? Yeah. You know.
0: Um, There's even like a traditional, and I'm using air quotes. Can you hear them? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Processional order. um, And this one is from uh, blesseddayweddings.com. It's an infographic. uh, And it says that the processional order for a traditional Christian ceremony goes officiant. um, And then grandparents escorted by ushers. um, And then the parents of the groom. um, The mother of the bride escorted by the usher followed by the groom, the groomsmen and bridesmaids paired off in uh, parties of two, one groomsman, one bridesmaid, Um, the last of which is the best man and maid of honor that walk down together, Um, followed by the ring bearer, then the flower girl, and then the father of the bride and the bride.
1: Wow. So I I think I've heard of grandparents being uh, escorted by ushers, but I don't think I've ever actually seen that in a ceremony.
0: Yeah, it either that or it's something that happens so quick, like and not when everyone's officially paying attention. That you don't right. like quite realize that they're being escorted. It's almost yeah. just like you're like, oh, grandma and grandpa are sitting down. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And this is just something that, like we're saying, traditionally happens, and yeah. this is usually uh deriving from tradition aka things that happened in the past things that are expected they're um typical of a wedding ceremony
1: yeah usually when we talk about something there's no like hard and fast rule that it has to happen this way however there are things that legally do need to happen
0: there's only two actually right
1: well the only things that legally need to happen at a ceremony are the couple's declaration of intent something Um, and this guy Smith Hoban says it, uh, that constitutes a desire and willingness to marry. So the, I do's, Mm uh, often it's the, I do or the, I will portion of the ceremony, even though, even that can be customized as long as it fits the constitutes a desire and willingness to marry.
0: So as long as it communicates consent and willingness of both parties. It could be, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Have you seen that? Um. There's a sketch uh, in a black lady sketch show. I highly recommend the show if you haven't seen it. Um, it's on HBO. Um, and they have a sketch where there's like a couple getting married. And yeah. She says, I do. And then like, he just cannot say he, I do or I yeah, will.
1: He gives every uh, like affirmative answer mm-hmm. other than I yeah, do. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, doubt, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: <laughs> then he finally says it. And then it's her turn to say it. And she's like. Forever. I mean what? Like yeah. <laughs> So then they can't they, they can't officially move on right. until it's like strict consent. And well, so that's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: But for here legally it says as long as there's a declaration of intent and a desire and willingness to marry, that it's legal. So that's interesting. I mm-hmm. think you know, I would I would challenge people to Customize it their own way. I think yeah. that's pretty funny. Even
0: though it does have to be like a hard, essential yeah. Yeah, exactly. statement. It yeah. can't be like, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other thing that legally needs to happen is uh, the marriage license and the signature of the bride, the groom, the officiant, and the witness. I did not actually know that the witness had to sign. Mm-hmm. I have heard that the best man signs. And, and that's usually serving. That's as a usually witness. serving as the witness. Okay, yeah. okay. But okay.
0: like for people that get married, like in the courthouse, um, I mean it's usually the signature of the bridegroom, the officiant, which is whoever is mm-hmm. giving them, wh- whoever is like licensed to give them mm-hmm. the marriage certificate, and then um, the witness can be somebody you bring, but it can also just be like another person that works in the office. And even though these are technically the only things that you need to legally be married in a um, ceremony and you don't even need to do those things um, at the wedding ceremony, you can go and do them before like at a courthouse and then do whatever you want in the, you know, uh, ceremony before your reception. Um, There are tons of other ceremony traditions that we often consider, if not do, during the wedding ceremony, um, one of them being uh, the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Yeah, we wanted to definitely dive into this one because that's what our uh, podcast that's, and yeah. documentary is kind <laughs> of like referring to. Yeah. Um. So this is a famous uh, wedding recipe uh, that derives from an old English rhyme. Um. So something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a sixpence in your shoe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, It names the four good luck objects. Wait, I'm laughing at myself because I said four, but I just put up three fingers. <laughs> 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 it's been a week. How um, many good luck objects? Four. Oh, okay. Four, um, plus a six pence. So five. So five. Um, three, four, five, six. <laughs> a bride should include in her wedding outfit or carry with her on the wedding day. So that's actually something I didn't know is that it... In order for it to work, it needs to be physically on the bride in some way during the ceremony.
1: According to Reader's Digest, the rhyme came about in the Victorian era from Lancashire, a county in England. Most of the ingredients in the rhyme are meant to ward off the evil eye, (laughs) which, according to Reader's Digest, was a curse passed through a malicious glare That could make a bride infertile.
0: Uh, You're going to be hearing about this evil eye a whole lot in this
1: episode. That's insane.
0: (laughs) Um, Also, the sixpence uh, was like the meaning that they started their life with something like a symbol of wealth so that they're not going to go without.
1: Can you imagine like... Going and starting your wedding with the fear that the eye of Sauron is looking down on you and giving you bad luck.
0: <laughs> yes, actually, that's I. It's like it's a active fear. Um, <laughs> nowadays, um, it's kind of it's it's more like a tradition that they do for sentiments purposes um, and because
1: it's a rhyme and it sounds cute. Well, you know? yeah, and it's and like, it's, oh.
0: it's it's one of those things where people are like, oh, well, like you know, my my mom did this and she gave this to me to do, and it's like you know, usually to honor something or someone so something old is like literally that it's something old it's usually a family heirloom of some sort Mm -hmm. Um, something new is something brand new that you've purchased for the wedding day Um, something borrowed is somebody else's and it's uh, before it used to have to be somebody else who was married to pass the good fortune along Um, and then something blue because blue is supposed to represent like marital happiness and and fertility and all that good stuff Um, that's cool yeah, and so um I'm we actually are doing these um mostly for the evil eye. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um my something old. I mean, I can say them, right? Like yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah um go ahead. my something old is um actually the box that is being carried um by my ring bearer, my brother with our rings inside. It was mm-hmm. given to me by my grandmother who passed. Um also inside of that box cuz it's a little jewelry box. Um are is a a $2 bill that she gave to me. Cause she used to give out $2 bills all the time. Cause I'm pretty sure that that's like what she would use when she was gambling, <laughs> 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 but also cause they like, they're supposed to be lucky but I actually found it like right after we got engaged when I was looking at that box and I flipped over the $2 bill and found that she had written on it. Aww. And it says Merry Christmas, 1998. Oh my gosh. And so it's really old. And so, um,
1: you are just a baby. I was
0: one. Yeah. She gave it to me when I was one and, and it's her writing. Like I, it's very clear. Um, so that's going to be in that. So that, those are my something old. Um, my something new are going to be my shoes. That's usually what people do now. I I'm, I think I'm going to get, like, really sparkly Converse. (laughs) I know it's kind of basic, but um, I don't like heels. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, My something borrowed is actually your grandma gave me a pearl bracelet that her mom had and wore. Mm -hmm. um, And she is giving that to me to borrow and wear on the wedding day. And then my something. Yeah, I know. Um, And then my something blue is um, actually these like little flower, like forget me not flowers um, for hairpins. And that's actually a reference to Bride Wars. (laughs) (laughs) My sister and I used to watch Bride Wars with Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson (laughs) all the time. And they have this like blue flower pin. And so I found replicas and I bought one for me, one for my mom, one for my sister and one for Abby, our our daughter.
1: So it's less... Tied to any specific belief and more kind of tied to, you know, just family and sentiment and stuff like
0: oh, that. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm excited. I'm putting them in the programs just so that people like know and they're cute little facts and cute little gestures. And I like that I'm incorporating something from my grandma who's passed, um, mm-hmm. from your grandma who um, was like really welcoming me into the family in that way. Um, and then like an homage to like my, when I was younger and mm-hmm. like my relationship with my sister too. It
1: truly is adorable.
0: It's pretty cute.
1: The next thing we have, which I don't really see much anymore, but... You'd
0: be surprised. Yeah. It's, it's still pretty common. Yeah. On my like, Facebook bridal groups, there's <laughs> tons of, where did you get this?
1: Um, it's the veil. Um, and it's derived from Greek and Roman fear of evil spirits and demons. <laughs> and until we started researching this, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I love Greek and Roman you know, mythology and, and history and stuff. But um, this is where many of the pri- bridal traditions actually come from, not just the veil, um, including bridesmaids wearing similar dresses in order to serve as decoys for the bride. <laughs> and now that I think about it, in Much Ado About Nothing, Shakespeare like references a lot of Roman stuff. And that's one of the things that happens. Yeah. Um, which is really funny, really cool. So when weddings became religious, veils became a symbol of modesty and obedience. And that's always what I had. Uh, assumed that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's no, not always why veils were worn. Brides were often veiled when they did not consent to the marriage, but that the family had prearranged it for family or wealth purposes.
0: Okay, so about this. And a lot of people don't know this. and actually when I went to um, when I bought my wedding dress, my bridal uh, dress consultant person was talking to me about this. And she was like, are you looking for a veil? And I go, no. <laughs> and she laughs and goes, oh, so then um, you you probably know why. And I thought I because I also before researching this thought it was just like a modesty kind of, you know, thing. And she was the one who told me and I had to look it up at for myself and make sure it was true. And it is um, brides would be kidnapped before the wedding. And this is actually also what? Yeah. So like a family would prearrange because up until a certain point, and we'll reference this in a little bit, um, you could marry people without their consent, um, uh, f- if it was for family wealth purposes and exchanges. Jeez. Yeah. So what would happen is, um, the the best man, and this is actually where the best man comes from, would it, it That's would where be, it comes from? Yes, it would be his job to kidnap the bride, oh my and God. she would wear a veil because she, um couldn't see where they were going so that when they got there, she didn't know how to get home.
1: What the hell?
0: Also veils were kept on until she got to the altar so that she couldn't like flee. And then when um, consent was like then introduced, but um, arranged marriages were still a thing, veils would be worn so the bride wouldn't see the groom before and like get cold feet because she thought he was ugly. or vice versa yeah so there's a lot so basically any way that you look at the veil i don't like it
1: (laughs) like jeez women get the short end of the stick always well
0: yeah thank you every time yeah that's what this podcast should be called Um, (laughs) well and that's we really have to note that that's not what the veil uh often implies anymore right um nor do a lot of these traditions that we're talking about when we're discussing this right now we're talking about the origins of right exactly um, lots of people wear veils because they think they're beautiful. And I do think they're very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I didn't know all this, I would probably have wanted to <laughs> wear one. Um, cause I mean, how many times do you get to put like a really cool long thing in your hair? And, yeah. and oftentimes like, um, I know that if I were to wear a veil, I would probably save it. And then like, you know, my daughter, I would give it to her to wear. It's like, that's right. your something old or you're something borrowed, you know, all those things. It's
1: kind of like the, the blissful ignorance benefit of not knowing, you know, is like, oh, you know, it's cute, but. Now that we know, you know, it's kind of like, I can't justify right? I that. Know. I
0: know. <laughs> so our next tradition is the bride being on the left, as well as like left seating for the bride's people and right hand seating for the groom's people. Okay. Um. So wedding lore tells us that hundreds of years ago kidnappers would often capture and hurry off with the bride in order to steal her dowry. So not only would she often get kidnapped <laughs> to go to the wedding, was a possibility be kidnapped
1: <laughs> to leave the wedding
0: <laughs> yes. uh, by uh, somebody else, right? Jeez. Because it was for dowry purposes, for right. money purposes. And so if somebody else had uh, the bride, they could collect the money. Um, so in order to ensure that the groom could keep his sword arm free, the bride stood on the other side of his dominant side which was considered oh the right side <laughs> uh and guests would often sit on the side they affiliated with out of respect
1: Jeez. and that's
0: like what they what is most commonly understood to be what it derives from
1: i would love <laughs> to just be carrying a sword during our wedding and duel somebody
0: actually this is funny and i will give a shout out so one of my bride's men um we before you and I got engaged we were talking about weddings because I I mean my wedding party has been my wedding party since before we got engaged and so when I had initially asked him like hey when when Max and I get married like you're totally gonna be one of my bridesmen right and his original idea was that instead of being a part of the wedding party he wanted to stage a duel (laughs) and he would duel you Uh, And so what I told him is that we could do that for his wedding.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I am fully in 100% support. Now, what if the groom was not right-handed?
0: I know. Uh, There's so many assumptions made. Would
1: would they switch depending on the groom's dominant hand?
0: I think that back in those days, like they were trained right-handed, like swordsmen were trained right-handed regardless. You know what I mean? That's insane. I mean, that's just an assumption I'm making, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am not left-handed. <laughs> so another tradition, which now that I know about it is hilariously fascinating, <laughs> um, is the um, is the bride being given away by her father. Now, <laughs> they say it originated to help the help guide the bride down the aisle when shrouded by the veil, just in case she gets lost or, or trips or something. Uh, and that's why her father or another person gave her away. He was escorting her down the aisle so she wouldn't bump or trip into anything. But there is another meaning. Brides were often escorted by her father because it was a transference from one male to another, again, for family wealth purposes. In many cases, the grooms would present payment for the bride at the altar. And it also could have been derived from the times when weddings were not ceremonial and just a payment transaction. And then this was kept as a gesture of that wealth transference.
0: Yeah. So basically what they like to say is, oh, honey, I'm just going to help you so you don't trip. (laughs) But she's already wearing a veil because of problematic reasons. (laughs) And then he's going and collecting it. And so in my mind, when I was doing that research, it felt so shady to me like, okay, we're going to cover her eyes. I'm going to walk her down. You're going to just slightly... Just slide over the payment, and then I'll go ahead and let you marry her.
1: I keep thinking back to Holes when (laughs) his no-good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing great-great-grandfather was trying to marry Morris Mankey's daughter. Yeah. And that's exactly for, what it is. Yeah. So I just imagine walking down the aisle all the way and then the groom's like, here's your pig. Yeah. <laughs> here's your dog. <laughs>
0: Let me go carry Madame <laughs> Zeroni up the mountain next. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so funny. So um that is really uh because before weddings were really uh transformed and kind of rebranded into religious ceremonies, um, it was very much just a business transaction. And um, from one head of a household to another head of a household, um, oftentimes this was used to like unify uh, tribes or like um, Mm -hmm. if a guy owed a debt to another person, he would offer. So if like, let's say my dad was in debt with um, your dad Mm -hmm. and he goes, okay, Hey Greg, um, I'm going to go ahead and offer my eldest daughter to your eldest son And that will be like a unity, like a union of our two families and my wealth will be exchanged into your family and vice versa. And that will settle my debt. Um, And so basically like I am his payment for his debt. And if that man who like, you know, if my dad couldn't find somebody who had an eldest son, Mm -hmm. he would say, Hey, do you want to marry my daughter?
1: Oh my God.
0: So it was like,
1: that must have been some debt.
0: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that it, it was often for just a transference of wealth or uh, a payment. that that's, is, yeah, insane. So our next tradition that we're looking at is the uh, white dress and typical ceremony attire. So mm. we are often told that the white dress is a symbol of virginity. And that's why, like, oftentimes if, Brides will opt for like an off-white dress or a, a champagne color dress. Ivory is a really popular one. Actually, you know what is wild, just side note. Um, when I did go wedding dress shopping, I found out that most all modern wedding dresses now are not white.
1: Like like white, like yes. the very specific yes. color white. They
0: are in the white family, mm-hmm. but they are not labeled white. Which is wild, <laughs> and even so, like I tried on a whole bunch, and I was like, I like this white one and this white one, and she was like, that's not white, that's not white, and they looked—I mean, they looked—they looked white. Yeah, exactly. I was getting really stressed out, but I'm gonna go ahead and call bullshit on this one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, actually, wearing a white dress uh, for the bride was not common until 1840, after the marriage of Queen Victoria. Um, and Queen Victoria wore a white gown with lace. Up until this point. It was not practical for brides to wear white gowns as they would get really dirty really quickly and only the very rich could afford to wear a gown that would get ruined after one day. Yeah. So oftentimes the brides would wear red or they would wear very vibrant colors because like they had to hike up their dress and it would be in the the dirt and, and most people could not afford for it to just get ruined.
1: Peasants. (laughs)
0: Yeah, basically. Um, So that's like the whole that's the whole beef with the white dress. It's not a symbol. I mean, I guess if you look at it as a symbol of virginity then that's what it can mean, but that's not actually where it came from.
1: And that's I mean, that's, I guess, where it goes to interpretation. It's 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 whatever you're deciding white means yeah when you go into the decision making of
0: right well and now what's funny is it's now expected that the bride wears yeah. white and if you wear a very colored dress that is now kind of i won't say taboo but it's not done right um and they think that it's because it's traditional and that's what you do but really it it wasn't traditional until 1840 which was not very very long
1: and ago. and not traditional for the reason that they're saying either right well and
0: truly queen victoria wore it for fashion purposes and to show her wealth not her virginity exactly
1: moving on to the officiant so there's a a brief history that we want to go through um before 1140 you could be married without your consent and this is where the whole selling my daughter for wealth thing was popular
0: Mm -hmm. you could also like marry like anyone or anything truly. right like I'm, I'm pretty
1: yourself. I'm pretty sure well, I mean they did that on Glee. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's like an old like Roman senator that married his horse, you know, or whatever.
0: Yeah, because it was just a business thing. Yeah. That exactly. Marriage was looked at that way.
1: <laughs> so um a monk a monk named Gratian said that the consent of the couple mattered more than their family's approval. Gratian brought consent into the fold of formalized marriage in eleven forty with his canon law textbook, Decretum Gratiani*, This required couples to give their verbal consent and consummate their marriage to forge a marital bond. No longer was a bride or groom's presence at a ceremony enough to signify their uh, assent, which is where officiants come in. Um, and they needed to be in a church by a church official to be deemed legal.
0: So basically what this monk did was rebrand marriage. Uh, wow. Like in uh, like 1140. So up until that point, it was not considered a religious binding thing. Um, it was very much like we're saying a business thing. Um, now, you needed consent not only for uh, from the couple, which before wasn't needed. Right. We said that the bride didn't have to consent. It was usually the heads of their households that needed to consent. Right. Um. And now, not only do you need consent from both the bride and groom, but also from God, a.k.a. the church, um, before you could marry. (laughs) This is also actually where um, the kind of problematic uh, anti-gay marriage people come from. Because this dude um, clearly defines marriage as a man and a woman. It was not present in the Bible beforehand. I'm not taking a stand on religious sentiment. This is just a fact that before uh, 1140, when this guy wrote the common law um, textbook, and defined the sexuality uh, and relationship of marriage, including consent, but also man and woman. And they did this because um, that's how you make babies. And that's usually why they wanted people to get married is right. to, you know, have have children uh, because they saw that as um, a, a symbol of wealth and, and happiness and, and good fortune. You want to carry on your line. Um,
1: yeah, it's, a, it's all about it's all about lineages and family and stuff right. like but the the inheritance from from king to prince and you know whatever the, everybody's obsessed with royal line and stuff yes, like that and, and so, so that's even in where the common people yeah that's something that they would yes. hope to practice but
0: unfortunately a um a backlash of that is that then people started to view marriage that way and then translated that into the bible because then marriage is now a religious thing and um that's kind of where that happened so that's insane. yeah this monk rebranded marriage (laughs) pretty wild (laughs) (laughs) so the next tradition that we're going to be taking a look at as a part of the wedding ceremony are the exchanging of vows
1: not just vows in general but like the the traditional vows right
0: yeah so like that to have and to hold for Mm -hmm. in sickness and in health and this was written by a guy named thomas kramer who basically um he's like the inventor of like english protestants Um, he laid out the purpose for marriage and scripted modern wedding vows like 500 years ago in his book of common prayer.
1: So it's just like, it's a book of prayers and that was Mm -hmm. just happened to be one of them. Yeah. And so that's something that they adopted
0: actually this is fascinating because it was a book written 500 years ago and then it was um, found by this group of individuals most likely I can assume English Protestants and <laughs> yeah. um the marriage vows that he had written were the only things that could be translated from Latin
1: really yeah
0: so he had all these other prayers in his book but um the only ones that they were able to uh, successfully um, translate. I'm not quite sure if it's because they couldn't understand the rest. They couldn't read it or it was messed up and right. the only things that they could salvage were the vows, but that's where it comes from. <laughs> so it's this guy. Um, yeah. And again, so this is something that people usually think was laid out in the Bible or it is a, uh, you know, thing that the church laid out and it's actually just this English Protestant who liked to write in Latin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's crazy. I mean, uh... It's good, like they're pulling things from everywhere mm-hmm. and and so it's it's not one source that you're getting that has all these traditions it's it's little bits of things from all over yeah it's kind of cool
0: and um nowadays people opt to write their own vows or a version of this vow uh that, like like to have and hold in sickness and in hell till death do us part. Because
1: people saying ob- m- obey just like yeah. it makes their skin crawl. Yeah.
0: I remember <laughs> my. I asked my mom about their ceremony and she said that they did do the traditional vows, but they did edit it a bit. So she didn't want the like to honor and obey. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: The next tradition that we're looking at is uh, a unity candle lighting ceremony. So there are tons of unity ceremonies um, that, like different cultures, have vastly different origins. Um, and the Catholics most likely stole the unity candle lighting ceremony from uh, watching different types of unity ceremonies being done. For example, um, there's a knot tying ceremony in Celtic tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Chinese tradition of wedding tea ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But um, nowadays, uh, and and you know, in the recent past, um, churches will implement the unity candle lighting ceremony. Yeah,
1: my parents did that. Yeah,
0: it's usually and, done and if you <laughs> get married. So at I a don't
1: church. think, because I, I remember talking to them about it, and they were like, "We didn't really like know about this or want to do it, but the church said to do it." So we were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah,
0: it's actually <laughs> it's not a requirement, but it's yeah. it's a custom for church based weddings. Um, people also now do things like sand. Like, they'll pour sand into a jar. They'll, um, they, I saw a really cool idea where this couple made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. I think you told me about that. Oh, my God. And if Abby wasn't allergic to peanut butter, (laughs) I think we would do it.
1: So, uh, it first became popular in the second, and we're talking about the candle specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, in the second half of the 20th century in American Christian weddings. So, the origins are unclear. However, the use of a unity candle in a 1981 episode of General Hospital may have helped to popularize the practice. And I know my mom <laughs> and her dad both watched General Hospital a lot. Uh,
0: like a lot of people in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So
1: so they may have been like, oh, yeah, OK.
0: Well, what's funny, too, is if the church often implemented it, um, then you know that Somebody in the church was sitting back watching an episode of General (laughs) Hospital and goes, we should do that. Yeah. yeah. So like we said, the origins are unclear, most likely because um, there are clear origins for other types of unity ceremonies that the Catholics uh, most likely observed and then kind (laughs) of. Well, I'm not going to say plagiarized from, but definitely peaked at and then right. did, uh, we'll say, an homage. <laughs> yeah. So the next tradition that we're going to look at is the exchanging of rings. And when we say rings, we are not talking about like the proposal engagement ring. We mean wedding bands during the uh, ceremony.
1: Right. And I don't know. I don't know if anybody I don't know of anybody that doesn't do that.
0: Um, It's it's still very common practice to do the wedding band. Right. Um, I like for us. We did get wedding bands. However, mine will be like solderized onto my engagement yeah, exactly. ring, and so I won't have an engagement ring on the way down, but on the way back, <laughs> I will have all, like, or all, all three, because we have two wedding bands. But yeah. um, yeah, we'll have all three. Um, so the exchange of rings was originally done by Egyptian pharaohs, um, to symbolize eternity. Um, this was also there were images they liked the symbol of the sun and moon, and this like they had. They really like circles, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> not only did the circle represent uh, eternity, the sun and the moon, and the the cycles, mm-hmm. but also um, there's that snake that swallows the its own tail, yeah. yeah. And that's like kind of just to symbolize continued, like just a continued mm-hmm. loop. And that's what they wanted for marriage. Um, there was a rumor that the ring finger had a direct vein connected from the left hand and the ring finger all the way to the heart. This has since been debunked. That is not true. Uh, <laughs> however, they did think that that's uh part of the anatomy. And so they, um, they did that. And then when, um, colonizers came in, Alexander the great, um, into like e- Egypt, um, they gave rings to show their devotion. Mm-hmm. And so they, they basically observed this practice by Egyptian pharaohs. And then Alexander the great was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do this. <laughs> um, And then this passed down to the Greeks and Romans who used rings in their marriage ceremonies. Again, they liked um, this kind of symbol of unity and Mm -hmm. and, um, like the cyclical eternity kind of thing. Um, They exchanged iron rings and they usually had the God of love displayed somewhere on it.
1: Eros, you dirty boy.
0: Yeah. Or Cupid. Um, If you're Roman. Mm hmm. Um, the iron rings sometimes had key motifs to symbolize that the wife now had control of the household goods. Really? Yeah. That's actually, and that's why they would do iron is so that they could like tss, put that on there. <laughs> they could like, tss, yeah. so the audience cannot see what you're doing. No, I'm like touching my <laughs> ring, but I did want to <laughs> signify that of the branding of the iron. That yeah. is cute. Um, And then diamonds did not become popular on rings until the 1300s. I could do, and I probably will do, an entire episode on the history of wedding rings, because when I was doing research on this, it was fascinating. However, I will just stop at when diamond rings were first introduced, and I will tell you that the first uh, record of a diamond ring being like passed down as heirloom for a marriage ceremony was in a widow's will to her granddaughter in huh. uh, 1340, I believe.
1: You are so smart.
0: And Google is quite <laughs> smart.
1: <laughs> and there are so many other traditions. And if you guys you know, want us to, to talk about them, we can do another uh, something else oh, segment about yeah. each of them.
0: Well, and there's not um, only traditions, but there are a lot of expectations that happen with a, a yeah. ceremony. And we did touch briefly on that um, in a something else segment, but also just things like... That the bride wears, uh, you know, like her hair up or wears heels or that. I mean, everyone has to wear tuxes. Like, yeah, there are so many things that in a traditional ceremony are assumed that you do not have to do. Remember, the only two things that you need as a requirement for your marriage to be legal is a declaration of intent from the both of you and a marriage license signed by uh, all parties.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. So we're going to do a new thing here. Um, I'm so excited about this. So go ahead and take this away.
0: All right. So Max has not seen this um, because (laughs) we are going to play spirits or sentiment, which (laughs) traditions are to ward off evil spirits and which are to be sweet and cute and in love and stuff. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to present you with a tradition and you have to tell me if it is spirits or sentiments.
1: Okay. All right. Do you want me to just give you a hard answer? Yes. Okay.
0: You can take uh, a few moments, but okay. don't bore the audience. All
1: right. <laughs>
0: so first one, um, some of these are actually, uh, we already said, so they are, this is a review. This is a quiz for you. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: All right. Bridesmaids wearing matching dresses.
1: Oh, Um. I think we talked about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I'm going to assume it's a spirit thing. You are correct. Yeah. They
0: would wear uh, matching dresses to the bride to confuse spirits. Oh. Because the spirit would want to take the bride and make her infertile, and bridesmaids would basically be like human shields. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so being a bridesmaid was a big responsibility back then. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, the next tradition, spirits or sentiment, crossing the threshold. Now, if you don't know what this is, that's when the groom picks up the bride and crosses over the aisle. Uh, usually, actually, in like lots of media, you will see him actually carry her into the house, onto the bed as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going to assume that that's a sentiment thing because uh, I, th- I think it has more to do with just – the family and the establishment of the family than it does any like evil spirit thing.
0: Mm -hmm. You are incorrect. What? Spirits. The groom carries the bride across the threshold to bravely protect her from evil spirits lurking below.
1: (laughs) But his sword arm is, is full.
0: (laughs) Right. But that's the spirit isn't supposed to kidnap and that's other people. Spirits are just trying to cause problems. (laughs) Yeah. It's a spirit. Okay. The next one, uh, the, Bride carrying a bouquet down the aisle. Spirit or sentiment?
1: Um, That's definitely a spirit thing. Like, okay. It, it has something to do with... So, Because I think I remember hearing that the bouquet is supposed to cover odors because people didn't know how to bathe properly.
0: That's cute. That's not true, though. <laughs> um, ancient Greek brides would carry clusters of herbs and spices, not flowers to ward off evil spirits. So, oh, yes, man. you are correct. Yeah. It is spirits, but it, that's not why.
1: Not because the brides were stinky. Mm-hmm. Got yes. It.
0: Um, okay, so we went over this one. I expect you to get this one. Why do the brides wear a veil? Spirit uh, or sentiment?
1: That's def- that's a spirit thing. Mm-hmm. We talked
0: about that. Yeah. You wear a veil to confuse the devil and protect from the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, another tradition: ringing church bells. Sentiment or spirit?
1: Oh. Well, they've all been spirits so far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna still I'm gonna go on sentiment on this one.
0: Okay. Uh it you're wrong. It's <laughs> it's spirits. <laughs> um in medieval times people believed that the sound of church bells scared off evil spirits that lurked around
1: churches hoping to spread evil. These evil spirits are both very cowardly and very confused easily. <laughs> yes. Like Yes. I don't know what they were worried about, really.
0: Um, okay. Next one. Uh the superstition of seeing the bride before the wedding day. Spirit or sentiment?
1: I mean, I'm going to go with sentiment, even though I feel like I'm about to be bamboozled right now.
0: No, you are correct oh, It is yeah. sentiment. sentiment. <laughs> um, well, I wrote, well, kind of. Oh, so it started okay. with arranged marriages. So you, they didn't want the bride or groom uh, getting scared off or calling it off because they thought the other one was ugly. And right. so... Um, it was tradition to not see it, it really it became a tradition because you usually wouldn't see the bride or groom before the wedding because you hadn't met them. Oh, so right. it is a sentimental <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. Spirit or sentiment? Throwing rice at the newly married couple as they walk down the aisle or process out of the church.
1: Uh that has to be a spirit thing.
0: It is actually both. Oh, okay. So first, it it has multiple meanings. First, it is a symbol of fertility, so tossing rice on the newlyweds is a way of encouraging them to multiply. So that's a sentimental thing. It's a gesture of good faith and and that they won't go hungry, that they will have lots of rice babies. They they, they
1: are if you're throwing rice on the ground.
0: Right. Secondly, the rice literally feeds the evil spirits so that they don't have to feed on the happy couple's good vibes. (laughs) So like they basically thought like if we give the spirits food – they will be distracted, and instead of feeding on the couple, they will feed on the rice.
1: Why were people so afraid of evil spirits (laughs) if evil spirits are so dumb?
0: Because they didn't have a whole lot of explanation for things (laughs) otherwise. So when they saw something crazy, instead of being like, science, they were like, spirits, right? (laughs) So.
1: (laughs) A demon is covering the sun, Uh, we need to feed him rice. (laughs) So out of the seven, I got two right. Because I got one correct and I got half credit on the last two. (laughs) I usually do a lot better on tests.
0: Well, usually your tests aren't about evil spirits. (laughs) That was, I I, I did that on purpose.
1: That is so (laughs) crazy.
0: And speaking of crazy, um, let's talk a little bit about what we are planning to do for our wedding ceremony. Yeah. Now, um, I will preface this by this is what we have originally planned, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, what we would like to do um, if for COVID reasons we have to postpone, there is a possibility that we might consider doing a smaller ceremony um, and then a larger reception in the future that we will talk about and give details about if that is what. Needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. But um, with wishful thinking in mind,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll um, keep you updated. Yeah,
0: let's let's (laughs) go through. Um, so we already said that I am doing this something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, um, and that's really just because I like to incorporate sentimental objects. And we're not putting a
1: coin in your shoe though, because that would be incredibly uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. I was kind of thinking about like getting like it etched into the bottom of my shoe just like <laughs> to be funny, but n- I, I don't, sounds... I, I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not wearing a veil. Um, we are also not, uh, enforcing sided seating. Um, yeah,
1: I just, I don't think it's, it's necessary. No, the, um,
0: the only seats that we have reserved are the front two rows for our parents and grandparents. Yeah. Um, and we are putting them on our aisle side just because that's who they want to look at, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's like why, yeah. um, but even then it wasn't, it wasn't a super, it, it wasn't a conscious choice by any means. It was just like, Oh, you sit where you want to sit. You yeah. know, I just want to make sure that grandparents can see basically yeah, exactly. um we are also um my dad is giving me away but so is my mom yeah so um and you are actually also being walked yeah, down
1: I'm, wa- I'm being walked down by my parents i it it's more like i'm dropping them off than them walking me down yeah but still
0: so actually one of the most unique things about our ceremony is actually the processional order and things so what we decided to do because and I'll give you a little backstory on our reasoning um we have been to a few weddings um and I really feel like if you are choosing a wedding party they're super important to you and they deserve to be known how important they are to you And um, oftentimes in a reception, the uh, wedding party will do a grand entrance and they'll be announced. And so we'll learn their names, but not a whole lot else about them unless they decide to do a speech. Yeah. Uh, And that's much later in the day. I really, really wanted to let everyone know a little bit about each member of our party in a personal and very sentimental way during the ceremony.
1: Right. Right. I mean, you watch the whole ceremony and then at the reception you find out who these people are. Like, yeah, I, we'd rather do that before. Right. Just so, yeah.
0: And it, so we thought it would be really fun to um actually let each member of our wedding party um pick. So they <laughs> are writing something to each of us that we're putting into our programs. Mm-hmm. And for the ceremony, our programs look like playbills. So instead of their bios they'll have a headshot and then um what they would say in like a speech um in the program Mm -hmm. so everybody before can read who's in it and read what the party has said about the couple and about the day written (laughs) but then um what we're doing is our officiant um who's absolutely wonderful wonderful friend of ours um is going to be given a script with things that we have written for each one of our party members mm-hmm. And that will be said Right before the party member Walks down the aisle mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen a sporting event It's going to <laughs> yeah. kind of look like um, A walk up When an athlete is walking up yeah. To the plate and the announcer's like Here's some stats about them yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the batter up kind right. of um, Stats.
0: and so it's going to be presented in, in that way. So basically it'll go, the officiant will welcome everyone. He'll, he'll give a few reminders. We're doing an unplugged ceremony, which is something that is, um, pretty modern considering technology. Mm-hmm. Um, we're asking that nobody take photos or videos, um, or have their phones out during the ceremony. Um, for That's many big. reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then he will say, okay, let's get started. And our DJ will start your music and you will walk up with your parents, but then you will stay up and you will watch each Mm -hmm. member of the party going one by one down the aisle. Um, and so our officiant will say something about the member of the party. Then a walk of song that, that either groom's person or bride's person has chosen will play as they walk down the aisle. They get 30 seconds of a song that they choose and we have veto power a over full
1: veto power cuz <laughs> like I like I said in a previous episode I don't trust most of my groomsmen so we love them but we love them. you
0: mean that you don't trust them to not make a fool of you yes absolutely <laughs> i
1: have already vetoed one one particular groomsman vetoed like nine songs Who? his nine for david oh goodness the then the first nine songs he chose we I was like, no, we cannot do that. Well,
0: I think the first nine he was joking.
1: I, you know, you hope so.
0: <laughs> but, yes. David, if
1: you're listening, you already knew this.
0: Right. Um, but that's what each person in our party gets to do. They get to write a little something as if it were their bio in a show mm-hmm. that's going in the program, as well as picking their own walk up music. And then right before they walk down, they are introduced with uh, a little something that we wrote about each of them.
1: Yeah. It'll and be real cute.
0: It's going to be so cute. And we're, we're trying to make it more of a production than just kind of a processional. Um, and so I, I have to, I have to <laughs> share. Oh my gosh. So we're getting married September 18th and one of my bridesmaids, <laughs> Was like, I want to walk down to September by Earth, Wind and & Fire. And she goes, but uh, it's, they say, the 21st night of September. And you're getting married on the 18th. And we were like, oh, you could still use it, right? So then a couple days later, she messages me and goes, I did it. And then just sends me a sound wave. <laughs> and she sends me, okay, I have to show, it, I have to play it. Okay, so I'm going to play it and you'll see the uh, the edit she made. Yes. she put siri in the track and then goes what do you think and i said i think if you don't walk down to it it's it, it's a crime truly i'm so excited and that's the kind of stuff is like i mean your one of your brothers walking down a rocky like a hurricane. The oh, others walking yeah. down a macho man like. Yes. And some of them, we told them it can be sentimental, a song you share with us, um, mm-hmm. or it could be your favorite song, a funny song, whatever you want. We did say it was PG-13 because we are having kids, mm-hmm. and I and I am putting up a big stink about having <laughs> yeah, kids there. I so I, say. um, so I wanted it to be you know somewhat inclusive. So I did say PG-13, um, and so in the case for like my sister. She chose to walk down to um No Air by Jordan Sparks featuring Chris Brown. Because that's a song that her and I used to like scream sing all the time. So um that's like a sentimental one. Um and then like, you know, we're even letting Abby choose her own walk up yeah. song. Where I, again with some veto power. Yeah. We're
1: gonna, <laughs> stay, her first, we're gonna stray away from Into the Unknown.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say her first <laughs> choice was let it go, followed closely by the entirety of the Frozen Two soundtrack. <laughs> So then afterwards, after um, it, everyone gets to walk down one by one. Um, and so then, you know, your best man will come down. My right. maid of honor will come down. My ring bearer, our, our flower girl. And then um, our friend, uh, our two friends, uh, one is playing and the other is singing as I walk down the aisle. Um, so that we're incorporating live music as well. Um, and he is singing and <laughs> watching Max get teary right now. Uh, he's singing "Don't Worry, Baby" by the Beach Boys, cause I, yeah, it's our, so that's our song, that's our song. Um, and my both my parents will be walking me down the aisle as well, so that's yeah. something that um I just wanted to extend that to my mom and and I wanted to use that as a symbol of um just how like and kind of honoring them and, and telling them like I love you and like yeah. thank you for raising me and you're awesome and. I didn't want to walk by myself.
1: And also there's no, you know, money exchange between me and your dad. You know, I'm not expecting a dowry. He's not expecting payment for you. Like,
0: I mean, it would be nice. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So none of that. Um, I am wearing a white dress. Yeah. Um, it's the only thing that Max knows other than it has bunkins. Um, yeah.
1: I don't. So I don't want to know anything about the dress. And know. that
0: was him. I wanted to show him the second that I got it. No,
1: no, 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 no. I don't want to see it.
0: Explain why. Why don't you want to see well, it?
1: Well, because honestly, I know it's really, really cheesy and some some people think it's dumb, But I think the first look is really like a really special moment. Mm-hmm. And I want to capture that. Yeah. And so I, I really, I just, I just can't. I need to be, it needs to be a genuine moment mm-hmm. because and i and i'm guilty of this it's very difficult f- for anybody to get a good picture of me unless it's candid unless mm-hmm. i don't know the camera's there and i almost always know the camera's there so i those those pictures are incredibly important to me it's one of the only things you know that i was just really like really yeah touched and, emotionally and about and that
0: is something still that we are um, modifying we are not doing photos after um, we're doing the first look and all family photos before the ceremony.
1: Yeah, we don't want a cocktail hour because, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, want. I don't want do to It's too much time. We want to get right into the party. Right,
0: and we'll talk about that more in our reception episode. Um, however, before the ceremony, yes, we are carving out a good two and a half hours, I believe, um, to do first our first look, mm-hmm. and then um, taking pictures with the family and the bridal party. Yeah. Um, and then after the ceremony, we. You and I will take a minute to go ahead and have some peace and quiet. But before then, yeah. So when I walk down the aisle, it will not be the first time you've seen me. Right. However, most people do suggest a first look for time management purposes. And also <laughs> um, because they say there's no like sentiment or, or, or anything taken away from seeing your bride walk down the aisle if mm-hmm. you've seen them before. Yeah. So being able to have that first look captured in an intimate way, as well as still having that very sweet moment where you see your bride walk down the aisle, we, we Dude, have the best a, both worlds. I'm going to be a
1: mess both times, so <laughs> I'm not worried about it at all.
0: Aw, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, and you had said, because I had asked you before I went wedding dress shopping, I asked if you wanted me in a white dress or if like you didn't care. Um, because I had considered doing other colors, but I... I, I'd,
1: What did I say? <laughs> I, I don't quite remember.
0: Well, I was worried in general about wedding dress shopping, Um, and so I thought that I had to keep an open mind because I didn't think I was going to find a wedding dress that looked good. Um, That is not the case. Uh, however, I asked you, not because I was like, oh, well, I want to do what he wants. Like, yeah. no, I I, I rarely you don't think need my that permission. way. Um, but I wanted to know your opinion, and... You had said to me um, something along the lines of like, oh, well, I just, you know, I would love to see you in like a like a white dress because I think that's just what we associate with weddings. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I do remember you saying like, no, I I, I I think it would be nice. But then it, you followed it with whatever you feel comfortable. Right. In.
1: And I think part of that, too, is I have this, you know, kind of idea that we need to be as far as like color wise and visually. Mm hmm. We need to be kind of the center of attention, <laughs> that like the separate, <laughs> like so, popping. Yeah, just yeah. popping. So, so if you know, if you and your brides are all wearing like black dresses or or scarlet dresses or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it kind of like visually kind of takes away from you a little yeah. bit. And so, while I've seen people do that and it's beautiful and it's really nice, I kind of want us to be like. Yeah, in, in front because it and it's our day. So yeah,
0: and that is something too that like um all of my brides people and including my flower girl are all wearing black. Yes, so a lot of times they'll have the flower girl also wearing white. Um and we no, thank you. yeah well we just wanted her to be with the other bridesmaids and um we did want that like very vivid pop yeah. um also she wears white on her wedding day if she chooses and so we wanted her to feel included with the rest of the wedding party um and we also i i need constant reminders of um that this day is allowed to be about you and me mm-hmm. and um just those those small decisions like that are 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 meaningful to us. Yeah. So, um, we also, like we've mentioned, are having a friend who is ordained, um, to be the officiant. Yeah. However, we are, uh, actually not going to sign the marriage license and stuff that day of the right. wedding. We have decided that to save the headache, save our dear friend, uh, a couple hundred dollars. Um, we are going to, Go and get the marriage license all signed and certified a little bit prior to the ceremony. Right. So technically, we will be legally married before the ceremony.
1: Do you think we're gonna celebrate our anniversary on the legal day or the ceremony? Day? I
0: would say the ceremony okay. day. yeah, I because was gonna say so. Well, and that's that's the thing I think that we really want to take away from this is that there are so many traditions rooted in so many wild things dating yeah. back from so many crazy <laughs> eras. However, the um, the modernized version of the ceremony as we are choosing to look at it, and as we hope a lot of you choose to look at it, is as a symbol of uh, love, a celebration of your union, um, and not having to worry about any technicalities. And that's something that, that's the reason we decided to do the legality of it beforehand, because we didn't want to have to worry about having anything that we needed to do on the day.
1: Yeah. It's a, the day is going to be fun. It's supposed to be a party. It's supposed to be a celebration. Mm-hmm. So we're getting most of that like yeah. out of the way. Yeah. T- before that.
0: Yeah. Oh, we are also doing vows to each other. However, we are writing our own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We've also laid out like kind of a, uh, I would say a rubric <laughs> yes. uh, for the vows. Yeah. Um, we've said what it can't be more than one page, but I did give you single space <laughs> yes. times new Roman 12 point font. Um, Ugh. and I have also chosen to incorporate and mention Abby in a part of the vows as mm-hmm. well. Um, and that was
1: your choice. That's not something that yes. we felt obligated to. No, right.
0: I, I wanted to, um, just incorporate her, acknowledge her, you know, because she is such a huge part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we have said it is not about her it is
1: yeah.
0: our union is about her and our family and so we um i wanted to incorporate her i'm also right before the ceremony giving her um a, a locket um yeah yeah some people because uh, i did reach out um to facebook bridal groups that i'm a part of um i really recommend actually doing that if you like observing drama and, <laughs> get, and sipping the tea. Um, but you can be as active or as passive in it as you want. Um, but I have gotten some great ideas from there and I'm actually been getting feedback. And so, um, we'll go through a lot of the feedback, um, when we talk about, um, children and weddings. But, um, I did see that some people had given tokens just like an exchanging of rings during the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And while I am giving Abby a locket, um, I decided to do it prior to the ceremony yeah. so that she could wear it as she walks down.
1: Yeah. No, a- I and, like that.
0: And that way her and I can have a special moment, just the two of us before the ceremony. And, um, the locket will have a picture of the three of us inside and a, and a little message. So yeah. we're really excited about that. Anything else that we are well, is there doing any or not doing? Oh, we're not doing a unity ceremony. Right. No, no,
1: no. But are there any other criteria that we had for our vows? Do you remember?
0: Um, we had said not too many inside jokes. It's very oh, isolating. Yeah. Um, that we weren't going to just do like a retelling of our relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, seen and, that happen a couple times. Yeah, and it's just um, it feels a little impersonal. Also, we had to put that it's not a standup routine. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's extremely tempting to do so Because we're both very intelligent and very funny
0: Right But <laughs> we're also extremely humble
1: Absolutely not
0: But um, yeah, so we have that criteria Oh, also it was just uh, no mention of prior
1: The prior relationships relationship. and stuff.
0: It just because I fee- I hear this a lot It goes
1: without saying, but we said it anyway
0: Well, this is why Because I hear this a whole lot And it doesn't sit right with me um, I hear, you taught me how to love again.
1: Yeah. And
0: ugh. that's a very sweet sentiment, especially if people have been in serious relationships before um, and they have been healing, like, of course, but in your marital vows, I don't think that there need to be any even hint or mention of a prior relationship. So looking back at all of these traditions and um, how we have kind of modernized them, how you can modernize them in um, so many personalized ways, remember that at the end of the day, um, you only need those two things to make your marriage legal and you don't even need to do it on the day of your ceremony. Um, so basically what we're saying is you do you, bitch.
1: It's your party. Do these traditions if you want right. to.
0: Also, like, I mean, we totally kind of inherently critiqued the traditions just because we were going through the origins. However, if you choose to do or chose to do any of those things, that's great.
1: Yeah. And if you have done some things like this or you want to do some things like this and you can kind of look past the origins of where it comes from mm-hmm. because... I'm, I'm sure there are people who want to do it anyway because they just really like it. Yeah, you know, and there
0: have been so many meanings that have changed over yeah, the exactly. course of time.
1: It's your party. You, you can, can do these traditions if you want to. <laughs> you
0: can be afraid of spirits if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: no, Um. like seriously. And there are so many more in our next episode when we talk about receptions that we'll go through too. And um, what we decided to do is not what you have to do. And the By traditional means, thing yeah. is not what you have to do. And if you did do any of those or didn't, Honestly, I'm sure it was awesome either way.
1: And now it's time for our Did You Know segment. Each episode, we're going to end with a fun fact, wedding tradition or something from another part of the world. And we're both going to find a fact and ask each other if we know that fact. Now, I think I have one point over you. Yeah. Right. At this mm-hmm. point in time.
0: Yeah, you knew one of the facts. I, I knew
1: one of the facts.
0: But I'm gonna get you this time. Are you sure? Yeah. I I I know you don't know this one, <laughs> or I'm I'm pretty sure you don't know
1: this one. Right. But in order to get a point, you have to know the one I do, right? Oh. So okay, Let's well, see if you know this. Well,
0: I'm on the def- I'm on the defense right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just not gonna get me. Let me get any more points. Yeah, it's like the way okay, okay. I play air hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I just guard the goal. <laughs> All right. So, did you know? that during the weddings of Kenya's Maasai people, it is often customary for the father of the bride to spit on his daughter's head and breasts before she leaves with her new husband. What might seem a strange, disrespectful custom to certain cultures actually makes sense within the Maasai culture in which spitting is seen as a symbol of good luck and fortune. Spitting can be seen in other areas of Maasai culture too, Maasai tribesmen will spit on their hands before shaking hands with elders as a sign of respect. And it's also tradition to spit on newborn Maasai babies to ward off bad luck. Wow. Talking about evil spirits today, right? Wow.
0: <laughs> That's fascinating.
1: It's it's just what we see as gross and, and just rude it's totally different for them well it's,
0: yeah so many cultures like are they do things that are totally customary that Americans are just prudish about
1: yeah and that's exactly the it they would look at us and be like well you're prudes this is actually you know a good thing
0: wow that's so fascinating. did you know that I did not know
1: well now you know well
0: and now we know that our daughter is also from that tribe apparently. yeah
1: oh my gosh.
0: she can't stop spitting on her friends anyway <laughs>
1: She's five, but, I mean, five-year-olds should know better than that.
0: Or she's just experiencing other cultures at a young age. <laughs> and who, who, what parent is not going to be proud of that? That's true. Um. All right. <clears throat> Maxwell. Yes. Did you know that according to a, an old wives' tale superstition deriving from ancient England, finding a spider in the wedding dress of a new bride... Will bring the bride good luck,
1: well, I mean spiders are awesome, but I know you uh would freak out just tremendously, but no, I did not know that
0: ha ha, now you know <laughs> so
1: we're still one to nothing. we just you know defended our goals today now yeah,
0: whatever. <laughs> If you know of a wedding fact, a wedding tradition, an origin of something, uh, a fun fact that is wild, crazy, uh, amazing, so cute, so wild, so upsetting. I already (laughs) said wild. I said it three times because I want it to be wild.
1: Multicultural, like whatever you can come up with, the weirder, the better, because those are the most fun.
0: Yes, Um. send them to us. We have a Facebook page uh, under Something Blue Wedding Planning Podcast. We also have an Instagram handle, uh, Something Blue Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram, and you can send us a direct message. I also am trying to post a lot, so you can comment on there. Give us your weird fun fact uh, or a suggestion for an episode, a question that you might have, and we'll answer it either in an uh, episode or in a Something Else segment. Yeah. Next episode, we'll be talking about all things reception. Reception traditions and their origins, modern ideas, and what we're doing to make it a touch more personal.
1: And make sure to check out our newest segment, Something Else, where we dive deeper into the logistics of wedding planning that may be stressing you out as we speak. Don't worry, we got you every Monday and Wednesday.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Something Blue, Wedding Planning with a 21st Century Bride and Groom. I'm the bride.
1: And I'm the groom. With 245 days to go, happy planning. (laughs) Watch out for the evil spirits They are super scary